If you're a leader and educator struggling to stay motivated during difficult times, this is the Leader Chat for you. Damon West, once serving a sentence in a maximum security prison, and now a professor, best-selling author, and coveted speaker, joins us. His energy is infectious. As a producer for our show, I will tell you that the audio issues at the beginning of the recording do get resolved a few minutes in. Enjoy. Ladies, gentlemen, educators, welcome to Leader Chat. I'm Jeff Rose, and I'm excited. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening and engaging with us. And in our first Leader Chat, our inaugural Leader Chat, we talked with John Gordon briefly, and then I, in a very long-winded way, described what Leader Chat is. While I don't have the gift of brevity, I'm going to do my best to be very clear. This is what a Leader Chat is. At Cognia, we have started what we call the Leadership Circle. And basically, it's a community of school system leaders, superintendents, presidents, their executive teams, and we support them. And Leader Chat is designed in giving them really digestible, pragmatic content that they can engage with. It also has to be extremely relevant to their day-to-day scenarios. And so our focus is to engage really impressive leaders, authors, educators, do so quickly, really focus on what we believe our leaders need to hear, and we have to be brief. Leaders don't have a lot of time, and that is a huge dilemma, but it's our job to accommodate them. So once again, Welcome to Leader Chat. You are engaging in this content in one of three ways. One, our members have the opportunity to listen live. You can actually engage. You can ask questions, make comments that we'll monitor. Two, if you missed a live event as a member, don't worry. We will make the rerun, so to speak, available for you. And three, this becomes a podcast. The Leader Chat podcast with Jeff Rose, which we broadcast to our members. So just so you know, not just our members, but in complete network. So look for the Leader Chat podcast. We will have that available in several um, areas, um, uh, iTunes and so forth. So please engage, make a comment uh, and rate us. Now, let's get to it. The topic today is motivation and perseverance. And we have this great guest. It's a guest that I actually know welcoming back, and I want to tell you all about Damon West. Damon West is a college professor, nationally known keynote speaker, and best-selling author. He's written, actually with John Gordon, The Coffee Bean, a simple lesson to create positive change. His first book and autobiography, The Change Agent, How a Former College Quarterback Sentenced to Life in Prison Transformed His World, was published just three years after his release from a Texas maximum security prison. Today, Damon lives a life of recovery and service, going to meetings and sharing his story all over the country with schools, churches, athletic teams, corporations, at conferences and inside inside correctional facilities. Over the past few years, he has been sharing the coffee bean lessons with college football teams such as Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Texas, and countless schools and businesses. His Be a Coffee Bean message has inspired thousands from Walmart to the U.S. Army to the NBA. I could go on and on. And he's also engaged 
with me and us in the past, I'd like to welcome Damon West. Damon, Dude, is, what's going on? How are you? It's great to see you again. I'm, how great it is that you came back. So apparently our first conversation didn't scare you away. I'm so thrilled that you're with us today. Man, are you kidding me? I've been time. You told me this was going to come up, and I've been so excited. That's why I kind of just jumped out of the gate, because I'm like, man, hey, what's going on, Jeff? I'm ready to roll and talk to your people today. Uh, but, hey, man, thank you for your time. And thank you for what you do. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Well, you know, we had mentioned when we were talking kind of offline the last time we chatted that this would be occur, that... You know, we were moving from one audience to another, and now here at Cognate, we have this just expansive network of educators throughout the world that we support. So to be able to bring your message to them is is a gift. So um, so let's let's just maybe backtrack a little bit, right? Because not everyone knows your story, right? And you do have this incredible story. Now the dilemma for you is. Um, you could probably describe all of the details or you could summarize, but summarize. There's a reason that you and I are talking. There's a reason that you wrote The Coffee Bean and you have this powerful message. Tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, you know, my story is one, it's both a cautionary tale uh, and it's also a message of hope because I had everything growing up in life. I grew up in a town called Port Arthur, Texas, and Port Arthur's down in Southeast Texas, and I had a great family. You know, I didn't come from a broken home. Uh, got into substance abuse at a young age. Really good athlete, though. Got a scholarship to play football at the University of North Texas, Division I college football. Suffered a career in an injury, and actually it was 25 years ago yesterday that my career ended against Texas A&M. And once that happened, once that event happened in my life, from fork in the road, I made a lot, of wrong, a lot of wrong turns, a lot of bad choices. I got into hardcore drugs at the time and graduated college in 99. I moved off to Washington, D.C. I got a job working in the United States Congress. After that, I worked for a guy running for president of the United States, raising money for him all over America. And in 2004, when he dropped out of the race for president, I moved back to Dallas, Texas, to train to be a stockbroker for one of the biggest Wall Street banks in the world, UBS, United Bank of Switzerland. And it was at that job as a broker that I was introduced to methamphetamine for the first time in 2004. And, and Jeff, once I got introduced to meth, my whole world came apart. It was the most evil, most destructive, most addictive drug I ever encountered. And, and in 18 months from the first hit of that pipe, I went from working on Wall Street living in the streets of Dallas, homeless, uh, living in abandoned buildings, sleeping in dope houses, drug houses. I started committing crimes to fund my addiction. Uh, first, it was simple property crimes, breaking into cars, breaking into storage units. Then it escalated to home burglaries. And, and, and Jeff, I pulled no punches about the, the, the severity of the crime. A burglary is a big deal because a burglary, you know, when I committed these burglaries, I didn't just steal people's property. I stole their sense of security. My victims will live with that for the rest of their lives. But after three years of committing property crimes against the people in Dallas, Texas, the Dallas SWAT team on July 30th, 2008, put an end to the uptown burglaries. The day they arrested me, or, or was I, really I tell audiences everywhere I go, that wasn't just the day I was arrested. That was the, that was the day I was rescued, Jeff. Uh, the SWAT team got me out of a situation I couldn't get myself out of. And, you know, they put me in jail on July 30th, 2008, and I spent the next 10 months waiting for my day in court. And Dallas County gave me my day in court. May 18th, 2009, after a six-day grueling criminal trial. Six-day trial, Jeff. I mean, these, and these crimes are property crimes. No one was ever home. No one was ever hurt. I never saw my victims. They never saw me. But it didn't matter. After six days of overwhelming evidence of my guilt, the jury went to deliberate for 10 minutes 
I think that your your voice, we're losing some of the words. So maybe really? take your, your mic down on your shirt a little bit, if that's possible. Uh, let me see. Okay. Maybe like closer to the sternum, midway down or something like that. Okay, is that better? That's better. Okay, yeah. so, so go on. You were talking to the, you're talking to this, this gentleman. Right. Yeah, this, this, this older guy named Mr. Jackson. And Mr. Jackson, he's what you call a career criminal. Been out of prison all of his life, four or five times, but he's the most positive guy I've ever met. And so, but this Mr. Jackson tells me one day how I'm going to be able to do this. He says, imagine prison as a pot of boiling water. And he said, anything we put in that pot of boiling water will be changed by the heat and the pressure inside that pot. So he said, let's take three things and put them in the pot of boiling water and watch how they change. A carrot, an egg, and a coffee bean. And so he walks me through it. He said, if a carrot goes into the pot of boiling water we call prison, he said, what happens to the carrot? And I'm like, well, the carrot turns soft. And he said, that's right. He said, the carrot gets beat, it gets robbed, may get killed. You don't want to be the carrot. He said, what about the egg? And I'm like, well, the, the egg will turn hard, like a hard-boiled egg. And he said, that's right. He said, the egg is a shell that protects it physically. But inside that shell, that soft liquid core, the egg's heart, becomes hardened. And then he asked me, he said, what about the coffee bean? And, and Jeff, I didn't know what happened to a coffee bean in a pot of warm water. And that's when Mr. Jackson shared with me one of the most important transformational messages I've ever received in my life. He said, if I put a coffee bean into that same pot of warm water we call prison, he said, now you have to change the name of the water to coffee. Because he said the coffee bean, the smallest of the three things, he said, small like you, had the power to change the entire atmosphere inside that pot because the power is inside the coffee bean. He said, just like the power is inside of you. And he said, everybody in life, we put out energy, negative or positive. Whatever kind of energy we put out, we attract back. It's called the law of attraction, and it works. You know, so he's telling me, if you walk around with a negative look, a, a mean look, you want to look hard, you're going to attract the other negative inmates to yourself because your negative energy attracts them. But he's telling me, conversely, if you walk around that prison with a smile on your face and you let those guys know that they're not getting to you, no matter what they do, they can't break you. He said, you'll change prison from the inside out. And he said, the best part about it is, the other coffee beans in prison, the other positive inmates will find you because of your positive energy. And he reminded me, he said, everything else was changed by the water. He said the carrot was changed by the water. The egg was changed by the water. He said, but the coffee bean, the coffee bean is the only thing that can change the water. And the coffee bean can't even do its job till the water gets the hottest, till the pressure gets the most extreme. And the last thing Mr. Jackson said to me when the prison bus came to pick me up in 2009 to go serve my life sentence in prison, the last thing he says to me, he said, West, go out there 
and go be a coffee bean. Be a coffee bean, Jeff. Four words, man. This is a directive in life. In my life, going through prison, prison was the hardest thing I've ever been through in my entire life. And, and look, my autobiography, The Change Agent, covers those first two months of prison. We can't get into all the details of it here. But suffice to say, it was the most dangerous, most terrifying thing. It took two months of constant fighting until I finally got the chance to work on myself. And it was just in time because after two months in prison in that toxic, boiling pot of water, I had become the egg. But I didn't want to be the egg, but I had to figure out how to become the coffee bean. And I, what I've learned in life about adversity is that if we will just take action, even if we don't have the best plan in front of us, take action, change our mindset, stop looking at our prison, at our problems the way we do. I had to stop looking at prison as a punishment and start looking at prison as an opportunity, an opportunity to work on myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week to become that coffee bean. And I finally got it done. And, and Jeff, I'm telling you, the, the, the makeover was so extreme that after seven years and three months in a maximum security prison, the Texas Parole Board came to visit me. And the lady from parole, she said, I came here today to ask you one question for your parole interview. She said, if you could be remembered for being anything in life, anything at all, she said, I want you to tell me what that would be in just one word, go. And man, I'm a coffee bean, Jeff. That's the easiest question in the world for a coffee bean to answer. I fired her answer back at her that day and I said, ma'am, I just want to be useful and I can be useful in this prison or I can be useful in that free world finding more coffee beans. And on November 16, 2015, I walked out of a Texas maximum security prison, not necessarily a completely free man because I'm on, I'm on parole until the year 2073, Jeff. So I've got, I'm optimistic though. I've got, I'll be off parole when I'm 98, but it's okay because today I have the ability to go out there and transform lives with this message that I was given inside of a maximum security prison. And this message has gone so far and wide. I mean, you know, it started out with speaking locally in my area to schools. And then it was the Dabo Sweeney and all these coaches around America picking up on it. Then it was corporations. Then it was getting in touch with John Gordon. John Gordon and I write in the book, The Coffee Bean. And now school districts all over America bring me in to share this coffee bean message because Jeff, there really is no better message out there right now, especially with everything we've been through in the last 18 months. The world is a pot of boiling water, but we get three choices every day of how we're going to handle our pot of boiling water called life. We can be like the carrot that turns soft and sad and weak, or, or the egg that turns hard and mad and mean, or we can, be, we can be like that coffee bean and transform our pot of boiling waters into a pot of coffee. And that's the message I've been taking to school districts all over America. So this is, this is the very reason I wanted to talk to you again. Because when we engaged months ago, um, your message resonated with our members and with myself. Fast forward to now. There's a reason I wanted to talk about perseverance. You know, overcoming difficult scenarios, you know, it's relative, right? I mean, what is, it, what is a difficult situation? What is adversity? Well, if you look at your situation and what you've overcome to remain as positive as you are now, I thought that is what people need to hear because it's really tough now. If you were a leader, it's a tough place to be. I mean, that is a hot, difficult seat to sit in. So I really wanted to make sure to invite you back so that people could be inspired by your ability to overcome adversity because like I said, it's all relative to so, so what maybe specific advice do you have for people based upon what we're all seeing out there right now and knowing that the leadership seat is a hot one? Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head, Jeff, when you said it's relative. Look, pain is relative. You know, difficulty is relative. If you say it's the worst pain in the world, 
it's the worst pain in the world. You don't have to go through a maximum security prison to have a difficult life. Life is tough. Life is hard. But I think one of the things that we give, a, we have in life that we don't use enough of is perspective, a healthy perspective on what a real bad day looks like. You know, it, for example, I'll use an I statement. In my life, I look at my days. When, I, when I'm having a bad day, I look back and I think to myself, now, hang on a second, Damon. How bad is this day? If I wake up and my feet don't hit the cold concrete floor of a prison cell, I'm having a pretty good day, you know, because that's the perspective I've been given in life. And each of us has this perspective. Sometimes we let our minds wander and get away from us and we create these scenarios in our head that make us think a situation is worse than what it really is. And sometimes the situation is really bad. But I think if we tap into that perspective, one, and we find ways to operate in the realm of things we can control, this is important. We only control four things in life. We control what we think, what we say, what we feel, and what we do. In other words, what I'm saying is you don't control the world that goes on around you. The events that happen around you, all of them, are outside of your control. What is in your control is your response to those events going on around you. And if we can find a way to focus on those four things, focus our energies, by the way, on the four things we can actually impact, that's when our lives transform. That's when we find we have a bigger presence in the world around us and we have more serenity in the world around us because you've let go of things you cannot control. There's people that sit around and watch this stuff called cable news, the stuff where people are screaming at each other, telling you to fear everybody. You know, that's one of the things I tell people all the time is, you know, you are what you eat. It's not just about food. It's about everything you put in this big brain of yours up here and you will look like and act like on the outside what you consume on the inside. And I tell people all the time, this is your, this is every book you read, every video you watch, your social media feeds. It's what are you watching on TV inside your home? There's things that we can do to limit the amount of negativity that comes into our worlds, but we have the choice. You have the choice to allow that stuff in or the choice to turn it off. And I encourage people all the time, turn this stuff off. America right now, Jeff, is addicted to negative entertainment. We are. We're addicted to negative entertainment, and it's destroying us from the inside out. And hate corrodes the containers contained in. Okay, so I need to. I'm going to come up with a statement, and somewhere there's a question in here. You're going to have to pull it out because what you just said, I think, was um, uh, extremely uh, just a, a poignant um, thing that we need to consider. I I think there's a lot of eggs right now. I mean, what I have noticed in terms of our loss of civility due to, let's just call it a, a political climate, regardless of the side of the fence, um, it's become really, really difficult and, and a bit ugly. And unfortunately, eggs, as you describe them, have been getting a lot of attention. They have been demanding attention. And coffee beans, I worry, are sometimes being squelched or squished by these very hard eggs. And as educators, as you know, whether you are a leader or whether you are a teacher, it's a noble profession. You are there to help people. You are hopefully a coffee bean. In the meantime, they are navigating a lot of really difficult, nasty eggs day to day. So I'm curious, am I crazy or are you seeing the same thing? Oh, no, I'm definitely seeing the same thing. And here's what's happening. Well, I don't think the coffee beans are being squashed out or squashed out by the, the eggs necessarily. Whenever I was in Dallas County Jail, one of the last conversations I had with Mr. Jackson, I asked him, I said, when I get to prison, what am I going to find more of? And he fired back without hesitation, Jeff. He said eggs. 
He said the egg is a natural evolution of a human being inside of a difficult situation, and you're going to probably become the egg too. So being an egg is really the default for most people. You have to work to be a coffee bean. I don't wake up every morning, Jeff, with this positive outlook. I've got to sometimes pull myself back with perspective on what the bad day really looks like and find a way to get myself in, in the right focus. But listen, positive body language is one of the biggest one of the biggest weapons we all have. When I was seeing that par- the lady from parole, she asked me, she said, she, she didn't really ask me. She noted, she said, you changed yourself inside this maximum security prison. She said, but you changed this entire prison around you. And she's right, I did. And the way I changed one of the most difficult prisons in the state of Texas, the hardest, one of the hardest prisons there is, the way I changed the maximum security prison was with a smile. Your smile. Your smile is so powerful, man. Your smile. Jackson told me, he said, you'll either infect the rooms you go into with your negative energy or you'll affect every room with your positive energy. And as teachers, because I say we, because I'm, I'm a professor at the University of Houston downtown. And oddly enough, I teach a class called Prisons in America. So, I mean, how do you figure that out, right? So, but as teachers, we go into a classroom and we have this ability to change the energy in every room we go into with our smile. Our smiles are so powerful because when we smile, we release a chemical in our brain called an endorphin. That's the stuff that makes you feel good. You can do that by yourself. It makes you feel good. And now you got something to give because you can't give what you don't have. But more importantly, when other people see you smile, a lot of those people are going to smile back. And that's what we need more of. We need that positive body language because negative energy can't function in that room full of positivity. And that's how we start changing. We just have to work on our body language. Our body language sends so many cues. Our body language decides how we feel. So, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of eggs out there, but there, it doesn't have to be that way because there's a lot of coffee beans waiting on deck. But sometimes we just need, like you talked about a while ago, we need to see examples of how someone overcame. When you talked a while ago about pain being relative and difficulties being relative, that's true. You don't have to go through a maximum security prison to understand overcoming obstacles. But when we see examples of how someone else has overcome their adversity, it gives us hope that we can do ours. And that's one of the things that, that school districts all over America, why they've brought this story in, because they find out that the, the backstory of the coffee bean is this story of overcoming adversity, about finding opportunity in adversity. And when you see an example of it, you can't deny what you can see, and it gives you hope, too. And I think that's what we need more of. Everybody needs a little bit more hope in this world. Uh, and I'll, I'll say this. Whether you're a teacher or you're uh, a leader, whether you're a student, even if you're wearing a mask, people can tell if you're smiling. Absolutely. Sometimes there's an assumption that they can't. You can still see, right? And even in smiling impacts, as you mentioned, even the tone of your voice, it changes the way you stand and the impact that you have on a room. I'm glad you brought that up. And I will say we believe in our leadership circle that leaders learn best from other leaders. So you get to engage with leaders all over the country. I mean, your day-to-day is really interesting. So what are you as a leader learning from other leaders currently? Yeah, so what I've learned from, from other leaders is in being in, inside of all these businesses, these sports teams, these, even these school districts, is that everyone has culture. And whether or not you have a good culture or a bad culture is really decided somewhere at the top. Because culture is a reflection of the top down. But culture has the only way culture can survive if it has buy-in from the bottom up. So when you look at these groups, these teams, these organizations, these schools, and you look at people 
that have good culture, that usually is coming from somewhere at the top, but they've got everybody from the bottom up to buy in. Everybody from the teachers, the staff, the janitors, the bus drivers, everybody has to buy into that culture. But when you don't have one distinct voice going out throughout there, you're going to have a lot of competing voices competing for that, that space where that culture is supposed to be coming from the top down. And so what I'm seeing out there, I'm seeing some people that have great cultures, and I'm seeing other people that don't have great cultures, but everybody has culture. There was a conversation I was having with one of these leaders named Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney is the head coach at Clemson. And my wife and I were having a conversation with Dabo and his wife last summer. Dabo was telling me about a foundation, he, a group that he raises money for called Call Me Mister. Now, Call Me Mister goes into schools in South Carolina and they find young black men graduating high school and they give them a scholarship to Clemson in elementary education because Less than 2% of the teachers in America are black men. And so what they're trying to do is find more elementary school teachers that are black men. And, and that, that's how they do it. They, this Call Me Mr. program is a co-curricular program that runs parallel with their educational program while they're there. And after four years at school at Clemson, they go out and become elementary school teachers because they get the salutation of their name, Mr. So-and-so. I would be Mr. West. You would be Mr. Rose. And when Dabo told me about this, now this is one of these these rubber meets the road moment where you realize that maybe something is happening in the world that's way bigger than me. My wife and I started a foundation because we realized that we could do this Call Me Mr. program on a whole different level, that we could do this. That if less than 2% of the teachers in America are black men, Jeff, I know where a place is that over half the population there is black men. And that's prison. Half the population in prison is black men. Less than 2% of teachers are black men. So my idea was this. We were going to find a state that would allow us to go into their state correctional system and find black men that have a low-level criminal offense because every state in America will hire felons to be teachers, certain felonies. Like, for example, I'm a felon, but I'm a teacher. Every state will hire certain felons. So we want to look for those kind of felonies, guys that don't have a lot of time on their sentence, and they have the, the aptitude to test in the college. And we found a state that would allow us to do that. In the state of Louisiana right now, Jeff, this is what this has never been done in America before. We have 11 applicants to pick five for our first cohort. And we're going to call these guys Mr. Coffee Beans, combining the Call Me Mr. program and Be a Coffee Bean. And we're about to pick five guys in the state of Louisiana. We're going to move them. We're going to transfer them to one prison in Baton Rouge. We're going to bring a university in there. I'm hoping it's going to be McNeese. We're going to bring a university in there. And while these guys are in prison, they're going to get an elementary education bachelor's degree from a Louisiana university. We're paying for it. The foundation pays for it. They're going to take their teacher certification exam inside that prison. And when they graduate and get their certification done, they're going to parole out. And my foundation is waiting there for them with a, because look, I've been through all the traps. I know we're coming out of prison where the difficulties are. I know where the landmines are. And landmines are only dangerous if you don't know where they are. So we're going to walk these guys around all those landmines. We're going to have a used vehicle for them. We're going to have a wardrobe for them to teach in. We're going to have a family to place them with, a foster family, because these men have never come from a full family. And then we're going to take care of their first-year student teacher salary because we don't want to take a guy that's been sitting in prison and drop him in a room full of screaming third graders. And we're going to put these guys in the toughest elementary schools in the state of Louisiana, the, the all, where it's a, a majority black population, where it's a Title I underperforming school, these guys are going to be the coffee beans inside that public education system. Because, Jeff, I'm telling you, when a black boy has a black male teacher between the years of second and fifth grade, he's like 40% more likely to graduate high school. I mean, he's like 15% more likely to become a teacher himself because he's seen it can be done. 
It was being around other leaders that this idea sprouted from and took it to other leaders in America, in the Louisiana penitentiary system that said, hey, you know what? The time is right for this kind of criminal justice reform. That's what we're doing in Louisiana right now. You know, I, I didn't know the details of this prior to this discussion today, but I had a feeling by engaging and talking with you even just since months ago that you would be doing something to serve, something extraordinary, something unique, and, you know, actually something extremely different than anything I've ever heard. I mean, congratulations. That, that is a noble effort, and I, I just know that that will be a fruitful effort. That will come to fruition, and I look forward to that five, becoming 50, becoming 500, and growing. It's awesome. It's yeah. really, really good work. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. We're, we're excited about it because, I mean, look, look, seriously, man, you take what we've done in America. We have failed. We have failed. Our, it, it's almost like a tale of two tragedies, like the tale of two cities, you know, a tale of two tragedies, the public education system and the corrections in America. We failed with both. And so what I'm offering is, a, is an alternative to what we've done so far. This is smart criminal justice reform. We're taking that school to prison pipeline and we're reversing it. We're making it the prison to school pipeline because we believe that if you put one of these men inside of those schools, that, that he's going to impact 500 kids a year in an elementary school. Who better to pull any kid aside in the hallway of one of these underperforming schools and say, hey, son, let me tell you about the choices you're making in life. Let me tell you my story. I, and I mean, heck, Jeff, don't send the kids to the principal. Send him to Mr. Coffee Bean first and see if Mr. Coffee Bean can get through it to him. This is how I think we transform communities like that. We allow second chances to be given because if we're going to buy into what the real mission of corrections is in America, which not everybody does, the real mission of corrections is that it's a place, prison is a place where you go to pay a penance for what you did. And it's also a place where you can reform yourself and become a better version of yourself. And you're supposed to be given a second chance once you've done that second part. So if we're going to believe that people really deserve second chances, then let's do this. Let's have second chances and pre-interventions with this program right here. So we're, we're super excited, Jeff. I'm glad I got to announce it on your show too. Absolutely. So, and I, I get the feeling, Damon, that this, this, I'm going to let you go here in a minute, but this won't be the last time we talk. I just think our paths somehow, somewhere are going to keep crossing. Um, so tell us this, if listeners want to know more about you, your message, your work, what do they do? Where, where do they find you? What advice would you have on how they look you up? How, how do more people like me follow Damon West? You would go to my website, www.damonwest.org. And this is where schools find me uh, to speak. There's their, their schools, their platforms. All my social media tags are on there. Twitter and Instagram, at DamonWest7. Um, I'm always putting out positive messages. You won't see anything but positivity on my page. I live what I talk, man. I, this, is, this is my mission in life, to find coffee beans out there, so DamonWest.org is a one-stop shop for everything, including the Mr. Coffee Bean Initiative, which is there's a link on my page to the foundation, the Be a Coffee Bean Foundation. Damon, this is fantastic. I am so thankful that you made the time to be with us today. Um, and I will definitely follow up and look forward to us staying engaged with one another and know that I've been following you for some time. And there's a reason. It's because of I want people to hear the motivation and understand what perseverance actually looks like and sounds like. And that's why I wanted you with us. Thank you so much. 
I've got an idea, Jeff, before you let me go. Let's, let's put it out there now in the universe that, hey, once we get our guys picked, we're picking our guys in October. This group called Human X, which does a lot of work with school districts, Human X is helping us pick our guys. Once we pick our five guys, why don't we pencil it in for some time in the spring of 2022 to have maybe one or all of our guys on your show to interview them? It's never been done in American history. You'll get a chance to interview these five Mr. Coffee Beans or one of them. Let's make it. Let's pencil that in, Jeff. You, you go ahead and use ink. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Okay. We'll do it, brother. We'll, we'll do it. We'll make it happen. That is a phenomenal it, idea. And we'll do it straight out of a Louisiana penitentiary, man. Right you there from what? the prison. I'll, uh, you know what we could, we could do? An, an on-person interview. It would be a blast. Let's make this happen. Let's do it. I'm, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. It's one of the things we're going to do that we've talked to the governor and the, the director of prisons is we want – this is the thing. You, we want to create awareness of what these guys are doing while they're in school, getting their degrees inside that prison. We don't want these guys to pop out of prison and just be something new to everybody. We're going to create social media pages around these guys. We want people to follow, almost like a Truman Show type deal. Follow our Mr. Coffee Beans. Watch their progress. Watch them grow and watch how we change both prisons and education. So these guys are going to be very public. Mr. West, we're going to make it happen. You're the man. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for everything. Absolutely. Be a coffee bean. Be a coffee bean. We will. Ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I am Jeff Rose with Leader Chat. We're thankful that we had David West with us here today. And we hope you enjoyed not just his energy, but of course, his message. And my hope for you is that you can feel today positive. You can understand and believe that you too can persevere during these difficult times and circumstances. Everyone, be well.